Hello and welcome to episode 64 of the Dennis Knows Food podcast. I'm your host, Luke Labrie, and in this episode, we're spouting off video marketing wisdom with the gang from Restaurantopia. What's that, you ask? Well, it's a fun and informative podcast for restaurateurs from Hillcrest Food Service in Ohio. Like Dennis, Hillcrest is a fellow member of the Unipro Food Service Cooperative. With over 400 members and 560 branches, Unipro Food Service Inc. is the largest food distribution cooperative in the United States. In fact, the cooperative of Unipro Food Service members is $4 billion larger than the four quote-unquote largest national distributors combined. Visit uniprofoodservice.com to learn more. Now, in addition to greater buying power, being a Unipro member provides opportunities to collaborate with like-minded distributors around the country, as we've done in this episode, to discuss business-building insights that we can share with our customers and the restaurant industry at large. If you're ready to start tackling a marketing challenge that is completely doable, video, this episode is for you. Get your smartphone out of your pocket. It is time to hit record. Okay. Um, Dave, let's, let's roll us in. Uh, let's, let's put some okay. beautiful pod down. So uh, welcome back to Restaurantopia. We have a, uh, another fantastic episode for you today with the uh, normal crew of Brian Seitz, Anthony Hamilton, and myself, Dave Ross. And I'm super excited about today's guest. We have some experts here out of uh, the state of Maine, uh, CMO Luke Labrie and uh, Chef Timothy Labonte from uh, Dennis Paper up in uh, Maine. And uh, they're going to talk a little bit today about video workflow and um, how you can really take advantage of the new technologies out there to, uh, you know, showcase your restaurant and uh, use video to your advantage. So welcome, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having us. One thing that operators and our listeners uh, are constantly pinging us and emailing us about is video production workflow and how do they get into that? And is there a way to systemize it? How do they delegate it? But really, you know, how do they do it themselves? I've watched a few of your videos. Awesome stuff. Funny, Tim, I commend you on that. I, I don't know who's your copywriter, but it's, it's good stuff. It's very funny. And it, the production quality is very high. So when you guys are starting to do a, a video, what, what's your first step? And, and how do you kind of, you know, we got nothing. How do, you, how do we start? Usually it just starts with a conversation. And I'll preface that our workflow and the way we've done things um, took a drastic shift because of the pandemic and more than ever we had to leverage new technologies to continue to create the content that was going to get our message out there you know we're a food service distribution company just like yourselves and so we are you know paying attention to when and where and what we should be talking about so it brings a few different people together who add to it and then tim and i kind of brainstorm uh, recipes that he could create. Well, he brainstorms. He says, you know, I could make these things. And I said, wow, that sounds really good. You know, there, there's, you know, certain aspects we bring to it. You know, I'm holding the camera, or at least I used to be. And, uh, you know, Tim would just bring the food and I, whatever he wanted to create, we would do. And as we went, we kept learning, learning, learning more about the, the process of what we were creating. 
So I knew what I wanted to create, and I knew Tim knew what he was doing in the kitchen. Uh, let's start. Let's start with location. Where Where do you typically? How do you typically do if you're doing a, a kitchen scene? How do you do that? I'm going to use the example that I have when I when I have conversations with operators about where they should take pictures, where they should capture content, and that is you need to scout your operation. You need to scout your area. Um, around your restaurant to see what you have for opportunities, what you have for lighting. You know, the kitchen is naturally the best place to do it if you are, you know, doing, you know, videos about food or what you're creating, but you've also got, you know, the corner booth and the window, and you've got places that you can use that not only help you get comfortable and have a nice lit setting, but give you the opportunity to show off the areas of your restaurant, uh, of your hospitality business in, in any way that you want. Uh, which is which is really the key. And we're just lucky that we have a, a professional test kitchen on site at our facility where we can go to do this. But again, the pandemic threw a wrench into it and sent Tim to what we call TK2. Test, test kitchen too. That's uh, essentially my home kitchen. <clears throat> so that, that's our lingo. TK1 is the test kitchen at uh, the facility. And then we got TK2, which I'm in right now. But the, you know, back to what Luke was saying or, or the, the question at hand is uh, creating workflow and, you know, how do you uh, pick a location? For me and for based on our current workflow, it, it's just picking a location that works the best at that particular time. You know, I've got enough equipment and basic knowledge, I guess I would say, um, to put things together in any location for that matter. I could go outside my backyard and fire up the barbecue and just set up the small amount of equipment that I have and through editing skills and the magic of editing, you know, make it look halfway decent. The, the halfway decent notion, right? Like I think a lot of times what happens is we get too stuck on making perfect content and then we end up getting overwhelmed. As long as you have like C plus or better quality that your content's rock solid, then all of a sudden it becomes great and easy to consume for people as far as- I shoot for D minus. <laughs> you know, you know, totally fly by the seat of my pants. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is don't try to be Francis Ford Coppola here. Just try to get your message across in the most decent way you possibly can and don't worry about perfection. 100%. Uh, I've got a podcast of my own that speaks to that point, how to look like a pro on video. You can find it, Dennis Knows Food. And and to your point of, uh, you know, being overwhelming, um, no offense, Brian, but your initial question to kick it off was almost overwhelming to the topic because my brain went, I don't do any of that shit. You know, that, <laughs> that, that's, you know, like I'm thinking, how do I answer? And you got a big word spew answer out of that, out of that question from me. I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, I don't do that. So, you know, what we do is we get inspired, right? We get inspired and we, we get creative and we use the tools that we have at our disposal. And we don't wait to your point, Anthony, till we're perfect at using them. We just pick it up and go. And each time we pick it up and go, we learn a little bit more about the device, about ourselves, about the software, about the upload process, about video and audio optimizations. Uh, and I'll tell you my, my secret, my trick, there are still things that I want to do on video that I don't know how to do in the moment, but I know can be done. So I hop onto YouTube and I say, duh, 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 how to do that thing. And lo and behold, there's 1500 videos on how to do that thing. So I watch one of them uh, while I'm doing 
the thing. And I've made some really cool stuff happen that took about 45 minutes to an hour of, of education and trying. And I moved on to the next thing. And now, and you know, I don't try to retain a lot of those things either. They're onesie twosies that you use on occasion. If I need to go look it back up, the next time I look it up, it's going to take me 10 minutes to recall what it was. You know, you can get in and out of creativity without overwhelming yourself, without overinvesting yourself. Uh, and I think that's really the trick. It's got to be natural. It's got to it's got to come from the heart. You have to want to share who you are and what you're doing and why. If you approach something with a script or you're reading bullet points, or you're trying to highlight, you know, the standardized message that you think everybody should receive. You're going to sound like a salesman, and nobody's going to be interested in what you in what you have to offer. And everybody starts there, which is normal. Everybody starts there, which is normal, because you don't know how, you're not in your groove. You don't know what your voice is to your audience, right? So you start talking and you loosen up. It happened with me in the podcast. Go back to listen to episode one through 10 and then on into the others. Like it's rough. And, and Tim, you know, Tim uh, created some great visual content right off the bat. But behind the cameras, we were finding ourselves, right? I was trying to direct him and he was, you know, trying to cook in a way that he was used to cooking, having never had somebody expect to make a video while he was doing it. And actually, Tim, that's a great time to jump in. I'd love to hear your thoughts on those early days. Ah, uh, the early days. I remember it like it was three years ago. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, in your defense loop, that was, you know, we started shooting video when I first started there. So we really didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how Luke was going to direct it, if at all, because to be completely honest, I had done plenty of video work before, but solely having someone else videotaping me and I would be able to go with my own flow as a chef. And I think that from the standpoint that I'm in now, as far as my video production and flow, it gave me a lot of, thoughts that I didn't know I was going to have at that point carried on to where I am now that I can utilize now, um, if that makes sense. So, you know, I find myself from time to time thinking like, what was it that Luke mentioned that time? Oh yeah, that's right. I'm going to try that out. Or maybe I'll try this angle. And yeah, it, it didn't make sense then, but makes total sense now. And I never, you know, gave him the benefit of the doubt at that point or the kudos for it. So, so there you go, Luke, you're, you're getting kudos <laughs> for it. just like anything you're going to do in a restaurant, whether it's going to be, you know, that's, that's maybe not as natural or not, uh, you know, you know, not, not the thing that you got into business to do. So if you're going to start trying to do marketing or you're going to start trying to figure out social media, or you're going to start trying to figure out how to take photos or videos we're talking about, you know, getting started is, is, is really the start, you know, like start, let's start doing something. And then, and then as Brian says, become a student of the game and do the pushups and, and, and do the like Google and YouTube and, you know, cause it's all out there to, to get better at it and do the repetitions. But if we could give the listener a little understanding into what is the best way to get started, that's so you don't have to buy a video camera. You don't have to buy lighting. You don't have to go out and make this huge investment. Like how does somebody just get started and get the reps in? And then if something that they're, that they're really, you know, having a, a good time with and enjoying and then getting better at, then they can maybe make some investments. So how does somebody really get started in video? You're a restaurateur and you want to start doing that for whatever purposes, marketing and whatnot. And you don't want to go out and go to a third party or again, make that huge investment. 
like what would be your suggestions for that restaurateur in that situation? Yeah, what's what's the what's the minimum viable equipment setup? I mean, like what are you what are you using for a mic and what are you using for a camera? The the minimum device needed is the best smartphone that you can afford and that you upgrade on a regular basis. The best smartphone you can afford sounds like uh, a gift to yourself, but it is the device when you stop and think about it that you use most often in interactions with your social media, with your, with your business, with your digital presence. And it is the best equipped to serve you in content creation because you have it with you all the time. If you own a restaurant, if you are a manager expected to contribute to the, to the content or to the social media or to the success of that restaurant, you must own uh, an iPhone Pro. And if an iPhone Pro is out of your uh, range, then go for um, you know the latest, greatest you know face model iPhone. It's got the lens, it's got the mic, it's got the video, it's got the front facing. But you can do crazy things with it. You can go so advanced that you could produce a Hollywood cinema uh, grade thing. Or you can take it out of the box and hit record and you're good to go. So it doesn't get any easier than that. But the whole point of, of, of using a smartphone is that it's on you all the time and you can create content that is going to be in your back pocket. So I, I have talked um, till I was blue in the face about the advantages of DSLR versus iPhone. If you plan on shooting a regular stationary series somewhere that you want to be ongoing and it's going to involve a 10 to, you know, seven to 10, 15 minute video that you want to create, you know, yeah, spring for the DSLR. If you buy one and you also have a high quality, you know, a later iPhone 12, 13, whatever, um, you will not use your DSLR as much as you think you might. It's, it's just not as convenient. I've, I've seen that. And I've seen also just a ton of accessories that are coming out for the iPhone that yep. whether it's gimbals or other things that really make production a lot easier. So say you're using your iPhone 13. Are you using what mic array or how are you doing the mic? Is it a lavalier? Like what, what are you using for the mic? I don't use one very often at all. I really, I, I, I get hardly ever. I When I record a podcast, I have a mic that I use, but sometimes I'm feeling lazy. So I stack a bunch of couch, push, uh, couch cushions around my iPhone and I use an app called Just Press Record and it sounds um, just as good. But um, when I'm in the, the kitchen, I'm in, I'm in a restaurant, when I'm anywhere, when I'm creating content, I never want to feel like I can't create something because I don't have all my equipment on me. Oh, I can't capture this with him because I need my mic or, oh, it's not charged or I got to plug it in. How do you get over the hood system in the audio of a video? Because I think that's, to me, the biggest hurdle I've ever had to deal with filming in the kitchen. I know a lot of operators out there, too, probably suffer from that because I'll tell you, that hood system will drown everything out. If I know the hood system is going to be a deterrent, then I will take a video that is, I don't care what the audio sounds like. I'm just going to film something and something cool is going to come of it. And often in the moment, somebody will be there that it has a reference point because I know, right, my, this is my business. I know what they know mm -hmm. and I can have them talk uh, to a particular topic. So I'll ask him, hey, what's your favorite thing about that? You know, and I'll get in close and I'll get their audio. And he says, oh, my favorite thing about this burger is the way it does blah, 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 you know, and, and that's it. So I would never interview somebody in an active kitchen. It's too loud. You'd, you'd stress over the, the scenario. When I film Tim in our kitchen, sometimes we forget to turn the equipment off, but that's our trick. We turn the oven off, we turn the overhead fans off. 
because it's honest, it's noise that you can't remove. An old DJ once told me, you can fix a bad picture and make it better, but bad audio is bad audio. I've never found, back to the original question, that a boom mic uh, of any kind has been more advantageous. Uh, Tim and I just started using a Rode mic. Um, you know, I've had it for years, five years, right? And how many hundred videos we've got up there, probably used it half a dozen times. And, you know, it works great. The audio quality is great. Pain in the butt. You know, it's a, it's a hindrance to our, our workflow. It's and not that the iPhone good. captures great audio. Uh, and, you know, one thing I think we all need to think about, too, if, if you're a restaurateur and you're hesitant to start doing this, one, just start. But two, think how long you consume content online. You know, yeah. you're looking at it for 30 seconds. You're looking at it every minute. Like you're not, you know, downloading it and showing and saving it for your grandkids. So don't get stressed out about like this has to be like archival quality that's a great point, Brian. I, I think to go back to what we've talked about and not expecting perfection and not being too hard on yourself to get it up and running mm -hmm. and, and it's disposable, right? So it's not as if it's going to have this lasting footprint or it's going to be on the wall somewhere in someone's collection. Like just get the content out, let it be consumed and keep moving. I am a frugal bastard, if I can say that on this show. You um, You're it, welcome to. I don't like spending any money that I don't need to spend on anything, even if it's the company's money. Like, it's just, there's no point in doing that when you can do something for free or cheap or easy. And when Luke, you that's, consider- that's step, oh, one to, that's step one to running a restaurant. You could actually, you could own go, a restaurant. There you go. That, that's that right there. That's restaurateurs love oh, me when I come in and I tell them about what they can do. I, I'm not kidding. I, I was at a food show and I had two nice ladies come up who uh, run this really cool country store on the coast and they do a lot of food and everything and they mail order things, you know, very L.L. Bean vibe. And they, they stopped and they stopped me and said, you know what, we really want to get into video. What equipment should we use? And I said, are you interested in doing a DSLR or, or some other device like an iPhone, smaller camera? And they said, well, we really don't know. We want, we want kind of to get really good quality, but we want to move around and go different places in the store. And I said, your best bet, and I don't want to tell you to spend money, is to stop on your way home and buy, I think it was the iPhone 11 or whatever had just come out, buy that and um, go home, read the manual, watch the videos on YouTube, how to take advantage of it. There are uh, camera apps you can download. There's video editing software you can download. You can buy that one device and you can go live to your audience. You can edit long form content. You can edit short form content. You can upload and post to your social media and away you go. They called me from their car on the way home. Hey, Luke, we just stopped at Best Buy. We got new iPhones. Since Best then, I've been watching them on money, social right? media. Go, yeah, I know, right? Uh, and they have been producing content ever since. And I watch some of it, and sometimes it's awesome, and sometimes it's rough, and sometimes it's vertical, and sometimes it's horizontal, but it never matters what the quality is because they are consistently putting a message out there, putting themselves out there. Their audience loves it. They're personal. They engage. They're just talking about stuff. They've gone around the store to show the food they've been cooking in the kitchen. It's at a whim. And to me, the at a whim stuff is the very, very best content you could make. And I, I want to make a point to shift him earlier. He mentioned, um, you know, he was used to just cooking and watching somebody film without interrupting him. Which is, which is key to have that conversation early with your staff. You raised that point. And you have to explain, you know, hey, this is going to be natural. We, we just don't stop. You know, I tell when I'm filming in, in a kitchen, I tell the staff, 
please don't stop what you're doing unless I, and I'm, I'm nice about it. Don't stop what you're doing unless I specifically address you and say, hey, can you show me that? Or can you stop and do that? Because what happens is you can see something in the kitchen. Somebody's going to pour, you know, a sauce over a Benedict or they're, you know, a flame and a burger on the grill before setting it down. You have that 4K camera and you can't see me, but I've got my camera right here. And I'm, I'm holding it up and moving it down in a swooping motion, right? To get close to the grill. I slapped on slow-mo mode and suddenly I've got something that looks like it cost, you know, 500 bucks off of a clip photography or videography site. It's, it's those moments that the whim moments that let you just capture what I call B-roll. So you are going to the cloud with all this content and you have it in your back pocket. And that's what, you know, those folks have done. So to, I, I'm getting long winded, but you have to get a smartphone. I recommend the iPhone because the software that exists on the Apple devices for free, again, frugal bastard, is, is second to none. The learning curve is the lowest. It has no subscription fees that it's going to charge you. There's no download the extra whatevers. There's no feature sets that you don't need that you know uh, are in this interface that makes it more cumbersome to use. You can do everything on your iPhone. You can get an iPhone and an iMac. You can get whatever you want. Um, but the Apple ecosystem combined with the cloud, it really makes it effortless. I would say that we're also in a world of very disposable content. So get out there and do things, break things, move quickly. Don't don't wait for the whole team to get together. Like start doing those videos of the grill, start doing those videos of of the plating. And again, the, the 15 seconds, and then you can start playing with the software and start learning the software. So when you do do 10, 15 minutes, like I think that's so very important. Uh, I just... Yeah you know, perfection is the enemy of, of progress. And you really need to just start this. This is not difficult. And there's people on your staff and people on your team at the restaurant that can show you little tricks, but you can pick this up. And with a few YouTube videos, yeah. you get a lawyer to figure it out. I mean, it's not difficult. You, know, you got to get started on your path to the 10,000 hours, right? You got to start yeah, yeah. that path. And I'll be, when we, uh, when I joined uh, Dennis about six years ago, um, there was no digital presence and I had no chef Tim and no test kitchen. So I knew I needed to grow a foodie audience. I had my phone on me all the time at the grocery store. I was taking, I was peeling the grocery store sticker off an apple, shining it up and sticking it on the other apples and taking a picture, right? You go to the deli slicer, put it in zoom mode and you watch them slicing the meat in the back. Oh, I just wanted to take a photo. Oh, the meat looks so nice. I just wanted to get a picture, you know? And then you got, Hey, our sliced meats, it's, the content is everywhere. You don't have to force the issue. I would much rather you go out and take a picture of your family barbecue to get a grilled meats post up than to download some stock clip art somewhere and say, hey, everybody, it's barbecue day at our restaurant. Oh, and, and the algorithm is going to be determining whether or not stuff is stock and whether or not it's original content. Yeah. I, I, you know, things are getting moving so fast, but I love that as a pro tip. Luke, as far as content is everywhere, you just have to be in the mood and, and mindset of creating content and like just start taking pictures of this and that. I mean, any of our fans of Restaurantopia know that my son is cameoed in like 15 different uh, social media posts. And again, he's there, he's shoving food into his face and we're talking about food and kids and restaurants. Boom, that's a post. Like those are the sorts of things that I think you can do in your restaurant that are so critical to whether it's in, in the kitchen, in the front of house, picking a location that, that's, that looks clean, looks neat on camera, you can test it. Uh, and then you can go back to it for long form content. And when I say long form, it could be 
a three minute origin story with the chef. It could be a three minute uh, video with, with your front of house manager on, on how to do a birthday party uh, or a anniversary celebration. So all that stuff is uh, doable. You just got to start. I mean, you're not, you're not doing toy story 27. Like this is, this is something for your restaurant. It's going to go on social media. It's going to be consumed typically on, on the phone. So again, even the, the, the quality of the, the videography doesn't need to be fantastic because of the, the screen size that you're on. Um, and and you, get, you get better. The quality gets better. That's, and that's the whole point is that you just got to get started because you will learn how to hold your camera better. Yep. You, know, you will learn where the angle shots are that you want to get. The thing I do with uh, restaurateurs in our area is uh, I'll take them around their restaurant with their camera in my hand and it's on with the camera open and I'll go up to their bar. Right. And I'll, I'll put the camera right on the bar, looking down the long way. And I'll, I'll put like a, a plate of food or something. For, and I'm like, look at this shot. Look at the shot you've got right here. It shows your yeah. whole restaurant. It's impressive. It's got a nice angle. Go in the kitchen. And, and it's like, uh, you see the old time movie producers do when they're looking through their fingers, their four fingers held up in front of them, right. To box something in to frame it. Turn your camera on, walk around your restaurant and look through it. It's going to show you light values. It's going to show you shots that are interesting and do not hold it at chest height the entire time you're filming. That's pretty boring. Move it down to the floor, move it up to the ceiling, put it in the cooler and have somebody open the cooler while it's recording. Like go crazy. You know, we're not out to, to create magic. Magic's going to happen eventually and you're just going to have to, you'll be able to capture it because you're ready. Oh, and, and make sure when you're doing that, like make sure that the things are organized, that things are clean, that it has a, a, a very uniform, clean look to it. Um, I think that's, that's very important that, that there's cleanliness, that there's not napkins out or there's, you know, a bar rag or what, what have you. I think, I think that's one thing that in a lot of content that I'm seeing is the two seconds it would have taken to, to organize the space would have, would have really paid off in the production value. Perception is reality. If you want people to come on in, you know, you got to make it inviting. If you only want to record something once a month to get the idea out there, invite some friends and family and stage the background, give them some food, you know, and, and have it be the way you want it to be. But for the most part, it doesn't take long to run a dish rag across something before you do that. Absolutely. And sometimes it's real and in the moment and you can't help it, but a little creative editing goes a long way as well. And I think one to speak to Brian's comment earlier about a little hesitancy is, you know, somebody listening to this, you know, episode saying like, well, I'm just not, I'm just not going to do video. I'm just not a video guy. Like I'm, I'm not going to be on camera. You don't have to. So start with your food, start with your ambiance, yeah. start with your, like you said, start with the shots down the bar, start with, you know, and then if you feel comfortable, maybe start doing some, you know, overlaying your voice into it and whatever, if you don't want to be on camera, but you don't have to have this big personality or this big, like, you know, let's not, again, we're not, you know, like, uh, you know, it's not, it's not Coppola, you know what I mean? Like we don't need, you don't need Tom Cruise. Like, um, you know, you can start with just because there's so many things in your restaurant that are interesting. Again, food, ambiance, uh, you know, staff, um, you know, you don't need that big personality. So some of the hesitancy is like, I'm just not doing video because I'm not going to be on video. Like you don't have to, you can still use this to your advantage to showcase your restaurant. One thing, and whether it's evolutionary biology or what have you, people love movement. And that's, what's going to draw eyeballs when they're online, when they're, when they're scrolling and then they see movement, that is going to be next level. I mean, you look at the platforms like TikTok and Instagram stories, and you look at these things that are getting a ton of views. It is movement. And that's a, an avenue for you to uh, attack those platforms with content that is going to drive traffic into your restaurant. 
Yep, absolutely. And you know, if they somebody listening up there, I'm going to extend to you a challenge. Okay, go around your restaurant, spend you know 90% of the time in the kitchen, and record in nothing but slow mo for half an hour. Okay, take clips. It's not half an hour straight. Go around and find opportunities and shoot in slow mo. Now, this will only work on the later iPhones, 11 and up, maybe 12 and up, because they need that captured light value. And that iPhone 13 that just came out, and I swear I'm not. Uh, getting a commission check it's got 40 percent greater light value uh, light capturing ability than the iphone 12 light is everything oh. in photography and videography if you've ever wanted to start doing video go get that camera pre-order whatever you're going to do it will change the way you look at the opportunities in your business because you'll be looking through this lens and you'll see the slow-mo. And the only way to really get started is to, you got to give yourself some, some goosebumps, right? Some goose pimples. You got to get excited about something you did. If you look at this as something you have to do because everybody's saying, oh, you have to be on social media. You have to be found. You have to create content. It's the only way. Mm-hmm. Then it's a chore. Nobody wants a chore. What we want, what I encourage people to do is for them to show off their restaurant, to share their story, right? When you go in and you talk to the chef, you're not asking him to recite the menu description of the dish. You, hey, hey, chef, what's your favorite thing about this? What are you working on right now? Oh, you know, uh, I saw you doing a seasonal vegetable. Why does that go good with this versus uh, what uh, last spring's vegetable was or whatever? You know, just talk to them about the things they know and love and the naturally good content will come out of them. That's great advice. Yeah, no, I, I think that was a golden nugget there. Like, yeah, that was a definite pro tip. Like make, you know, just start doing it. Do, you know, do the slow-mo, get the right equipment um, and give yourself goosebumps. I love that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we, we've all had that situation because, you know, our restaurants are near and dear to our hearts and you see something or you hear something and then you're, you're like, man, that got me really jazzed up. If you can connect that with this process, then you're on your way. I love that, Luke. That's awesome. Yeah. The new iPhones and 12 or 13, the content quality that they're putting out is next level. I have an iPhone 10 and I, I have the iPhone 13 now, but the difference between just those two levels is unbelievable. You will be able to put out content that is uh, rivals the national chains. And if you're lacking for ideas, we have the 25 social media uh, campaigns for restaurants on our website is a free downloadable resource download that that will give you the ideas to get the creative juices flowing and really put some content out there and this stuff can be done week after week whether it's the chef's origin story or it's featuring the chef of where this dish came from uh as tim and anthony can can i'm sure attest to like the dishes mean something this is a work of art this is something that you put your heart and soul into and it's not like oh i'm making another burger this is like this is how my grandfather made the burger and this is how we made the lasagna or what, what have you. And those sorts of stories resonate with the customers. And I think it's really good content. What I think I love about this whole thing is that we we've talked about this ad nauseum. We talked about the humanization of the restaurant operator. Right. And, and I love that this content is going to be rough around the edges because it brings a human element. It makes you seem more real, more organic, more authentic, right? Like the people are really getting to know you, not someone behind the silver screen. And I, I absolutely love that about this. And to Brian's point and to Luke, what you were talking about earlier, if you just walk around and film continually, what's going to happen is you're going to catch those magic moments and you're going to give people the other thing that they love. And it's a look behind the curtain at their favorite establishment. And it's just this approachability of this whole thing. I just absolutely adore it. So Luke, Luke, Tim, I got a question. All right. 
the restaurant tour. He did all the work. He he ditched the DSLR. He's got his brand new iPhone. He's recorded copious amounts of content. Now, what do I do with it? I, I it's all rough cut. Like, how, how do how do you recommend that a restaurant tour can edit it quickly, effectively, and and get it posted? You can edit it on your phone, downloading iMovie, and there are lots of other apps you can download, including apps that will let you record on both the front-facing and the rear-facing cameras at the same time, should you want to record an interview, per, per se. Um, but then you take it into iMovie on, on a Mac or an iPad. You know, and now I'm advocating buying more stuff, but you can do it on the phone in iMovie. iMovie is the answer that we've used for 90% of the stuff. I have professional Adobe software at my disposal. I love Photoshop, but I use the video software that Adobe has one out of every 50 videos because it's that one specific thing that I want to be able to do that I just can't. 90% of everything of all the content we produce, maybe more than that, 99% comes out of iMovie. I believe that the truest form of video editing is a pair of scissors and some scotch tape. If you can't edit video, you know, and this is the proverbial because everything's digital now, but that's how they did it back in the day. If you can't edit with scissors and tape, then, um, you know, th that's probably a lost cause. And that's saying it's really, really easy. I'm saying it's not hard unless you can't run with scissors and then it's an issue for you. But honestly, uh, it, you just have to make cuts and you learn how to do that over time because what we have done from the get-go is not try to record a perfect take. I think we tried to use a script once. And didn't we try, Tim, once to actually say some lines and it was a, it was a nightmare. And yeah, yeah, I think early on we tried scripting things out, but uh, you know that that quickly evolved, especially in the the past year, to just like flowing through the seat of my pants. You know, with whatever I have for content, I'll download it to iMovie, and I'll take some time and I'll look at it. And from there is where I really start to capture inspiration. You know, I'll, I'll look at the same clip over and over again and just uh, the tone of my voice, maybe a facial expression that I was using, getting that inspiration by capturing a second look, not through the camera lens, but through your own eyes. And sometimes when you do that, it takes on uh, a totally different form. But to allow yourself that extra time could be at night after work or, you know, in, in, instead of looking at like, you know, thoughtless uh, videos online, you can look at your own content and, and do something creative. You know, I, I also recommend not only your phone, but maybe a secondary phone as well, especially if you're, if you're doing quick content for a quick post. Yeah, one phone is fine, holding it in your hand, walking around. But if you're doing cooking videos and you're gonna morph into something a little bit more elaborate like that, and elaborate is a very loose term, then you might want a secondary device of some sort. It doesn't have to be a camera. It could be something small. And uh, so that way you're, you're able to set up another angle. So when you're doing your video editing, it, it becomes a lot more interesting. You're getting a top angle from things going on overhead and you're still able to do all this stuff by yourself. It takes a little more movement. You got to stop what you're doing, you know, mid process move things around, shift things around, but it works. So I always recommend a, a secondary piece of equipment, but that's just from, from my, my standpoint. 
I would recommend if you're on a PC or if you're doing the, the multiple camera angles, uh, there's a really cheap uh, program called Adobe uh, Premiere Elements, which is less than $100. It's not in the Adobe suite. It's just a, a standalone program you can download. It's really, really simple. Uh, it allows you to do the multiple angles, the, the multiple soundtracks, and it also allows you to just do that simple cut and paste kind of moving of the, the video files. And to me, that's critical. And that's what we do some of our filming on. Uh, I think that's really high quality for the, for the amount of money. But again, I wouldn't even invest yep. in that. I would, I would yep. totally just practice, practice, practice on the free tools until you're like, eh, I think I want to upgrade to something a little bit more, but the free tools are so strong. I don't even know if you'd need that for social media content. Yeah, and uh, to that point, Adobe um, uh, Premiere, Premiere um, Brush, there's a bunch of, uh, you go to the App Store, you type video editing, and yep. you're going to see a bunch. If you're on your PC, be wary of the Google search of video editing software. Oh, I would take sure. Brian's recommendation and go with the Adobe software. It is worth the money. The headaches over uh, the promises of free software is not. Uh, there are solutions out there, but I'm talking the free, the iMovies, the things that come on your devices. I'm sure Samsung has uh, some video editing software that comes on their phones. And if you love your Samsung device and it does 4K and all the great stuff, then go with the Adobe. You know, use your you know Asus laptop. It does not matter. The quality is there. It really comes down to. Uh, making basic, simple cuts and practicing putting your content together, being comfortable with yourself on camera if you're the one on camera or making others comfortable around it and then and really experimenting. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. You really got to just start, get this part of it, uh, get this part of your operation. It will pay dividends because as Gary Vanderchuk said, we're all marketing companies, whether or not you're selling boxes or you're selling uh, corned beef, you are a marketing company. You need to have video that is putting out amazing content. Yeah. Uh, Luke, Tim, um, where can we find more of your content? And uh, we'll put this stuff in the show notes, but where can people find you guys at? Go to uh, DennisExpress.com. And if you want to jump right to Tim's content and see what he's been up to in the test kitchen, you can go to DennisExpress.com slash <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> you're lying you're lying yeah. to mr q <laughs> so. the stuff that luke and tim are putting together is uh, very high quality and a little bit longer but when you're talking about a 30 second clip you can get this done and that's what you should be practicing on and really check out see what you can do tag us in it if there's something we can help you with we'd love to uh do that for you this is our challenge to you is to get out there film get some content great stuff fellas thank you Thank you, guys. Have a, have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's going to do it for us and this episode of Dennis Knows Food. As always, I'm your host, Luke Labrie. Thank you to Chef Tim for joining us on this episode. And thank you to the team from Restaurantopia, Brian, Dave, Anthony. Good stuff, guys. We're going to have to do that again real soon. And be sure to check out our website for all the latest food service news, information, and products you need in New England at www.dennisexpress.com.